It's the Firm Foundation Media Podcast. Very pleased to be joined once again this afternoon on the Magic Time Podcast on Firm Foundation Media. I'm Scott Squires and our guest for the fourth show consecutive, and we're very glad to have him. It's the head coach of the Moncton Magic. This is Joe Salerno. Joe, thanks again for taking time out to be with us today. Yeah, of course. How are you? Very well. Getting my Christmas shopping done and getting all that prepared. Uh, on, before we get into the nuts and bolts of the team, uh, how are things going on that side of things, your holiday preparations on the family side? Uh, well, we got our tree last weekend, so, I mean, that's uh, that's always a plus. It was a little earlier than, than I wanted to, but uh, I like doing it when there's snow on the ground, but my wife was uh, was excited to get it up and get the holiday season going. So, uh, no Christmas shopping done for me yet. Um <laughs> I'm kind of a last-minute guy. You know, it's kind of a busy time of the year for me, but uh, no, I'll, uh, I'll get to that soon. Well, don't feel bad. I've had my tree up for a couple of weeks. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're into a good chunk of the season now. Um, you know, you guys have got uh, five games under your belt. Let's uh, go back quickly and talk about your most recent games. Uh, your last home game, it was a thriller. It was one heck of a game. Uh, it was the second time that you had played the Cape Breton Highlanders in a couple of days. Uh, Coach Tim Kendrick had made some additions to the lineup, brought in some veterans, and it ended up being a very exciting 112-111 victory for the Magic at home. What were your overall thoughts and takeaways from that game, Coach? Uh, I mean, I thought it was it was a pretty good basketball game. You know, certainly a, an exciting game for fans. Um, you know, we knew Cape Breton coming back in after a loss, and I mean that had been their their third loss uh, after the first time we beat them. You know, they were starting to make some changes to the roster. And, and guys who have been around the league long enough, they understand that, you know, when management starts making some changes to rosters, when things aren't going well, you know, guys are potentially playing for their jobs. So uh, we knew they would come out with a little more intensity. Um, and they, they shot the ball extremely well that game. You know, I actually, I didn't think we defended that poorly. Uh, you know, we gave up 111 points, which is, you know, roughly 12 points or so over our season average. Uh, but they earned a lot of those uh, points. You know, they shot the ball very well. And uh, I knew it would be a competitive game, you know, coming a second time around with Cape Breton because I think they're, again, they're a much better team than the record shows. Um, so I was certainly glad that, you know, we kind of came up with some plays down the stretch and we got the win at home. Now, that was followed up. You guys went on the road. You uh, <clears throat> made a trip over to Charlottetown to take on uh, the Island Storm. And uh, a very defensive, low-scoring game. And uh, it was a buzzer beater that got you guys in the island at the island with the storm. Uh, just your general thoughts on that very tough loss over in Charlottetown. Oh, disappointed. Um, you know, I, I, I put a tweet out afterwards, and it's pretty rare. I do that, but I was just really frustrated the way we played. Uh, I thought we played extremely poorly. Um, I thought it was by far, you know, our worst performance of the year, and and there was just no reason for that at all, you know. And I, I know a lot of people look at the score and they say it was a, you know, a defensive game and, and, and all that, but I mean, we just played exceptionally poorly uh, that game, and there really was no excuse for how we played. Um, I think one of the, the tough things for us was going to be wrapping our head around playing those guys again, you know, a, a week or so after we had a pretty lopsided win and. And, uh, and, and getting up for that game and, and not looking past them, you know, which obviously we can. I mean, you know, they're a team that has a winning record against us this year. Um, 
So it, it was uh, it was frustrating. I mean, there, there really, in my mind, wasn't any excuse for our lack of execution, uh, our lack of effort. Um, you know, you, you play a team that you out-rebounded by 50 a week ago, and, and they out-rebound you the next time you see them. I mean, to me, that that's just effort and, and desire to win. So uh, it was disappointing. Now, you talk about the disappointment, and you've touched on some things there, but, you know, based on what you've said and, and went looking back at the film, overall, what do you think went wrong? What kind of caused it all to kind of to go away from you in terms of that big performance you had just a few days earlier and to be on the short end of an 88-85 game? You know, what from your eyes and the coaching staff, what went wrong? It was, it was lack of execution. Uh, it was lack of, of, of discipline uh, on the offensive end. As far as our shot selection and, and, and valuing possessions, I mean, we had, we had 23 turnovers that game. I mean, you're not going to win games having 20 plus turnovers in this league. And um, you know, I, I just thought that that virtually no one, no no one on our team um, had a great game, including myself. You know, including the coaching staff. Uh, you know, coaches are similar to players. I mean, they have, they have good games and and bad games. And, and you know, I was very disappointed with with my uh, performance in that game and my efforts, um, you know, demanding uh, things from players and demanding execution. Um, so, you know, I mean, it was it was a loss that, that we deserved, no doubt. Um, when, you, when you hold a team to, to 88 points, um, you know, you, you should be, you should put yourself in a position to win, especially with the players that we have. And, um, you know, we didn't do that, and it was it was it was careless. And uh, you know, I thought we really beat ourselves that game. So I mentioned um, with the Cape Breton game how there had been some changes in personnel. Uh, you know, you do see some adjustments after the first few games. You know, teams bringing in players, bringing up players from the reserve. Obviously, as a coach, you're te- keeping a close eye on some of the things that are going on around the league to see what personnel changes are being made, to see who you're going to be matched up against. Um, of course, Cape Breton specifically brought in uh, Tydron Beatty, a, a, a very veteran player with uh, some good leadership skills, as well as Hakeem Johnson. There's been some other changes around the league. I know it's only a couple of weeks in, but as you look around, what are your general thoughts on some of the personnel changes that you've seen around the league where, for the most part, you guys, you're, you, you've kept intact. But, again, just general thoughts, what you've seen around the league with some personnel changes, players coming in and that thing, that kind of thing. Well, I mean, it's something that happens every season in, in this league. And, uh, you know, every team is is always trying to better themselves. Um, you know, certain coaches and, and certain management, I think, you know, they'll look to better themselves by just bringing in different players, maybe someone that's going to be a better fit for – what they're trying to do, you know, other teams will, will you know, try to improve what they currently have. Um, you know, I, I believe in, in our roster. I believe in the guys that we have wholeheartedly. We just, we haven't been playing to our full potential. Uh, and a lot of that falls on my shoulders. You know, I, I need to get us playing to our full potential. But I think we have all the right pieces. You know, so as far as the magic is concerned, I'm not looking to make any, any, uh, any changes to our roster anytime soon. Um, you know, I, I want to have our team you know, get more of on the same page and play with some more consistency, you know, before we make any, any changes. Um, but as far as, you know, other teams making some changes, yeah, you know, obviously Tiger and Beattie, um, Cape Breton with, a, with an 0-4 start, you know, they, they wanted to make a change and try to bring in a more explosive score. Um, and then the Storm bringing in Marcus Bell, 
you know, obviously they were lacking some interior presence. And, you know, I thought he did a nice job against us the other night. You know, he had, a, he had 11 rebounds that game, and, and that's a big reason why they brought him in. So, uh, you know, teams in this league, teams in every league around the world, you know, I mean, you're, you're always trying to stay on top of your competition and, and trying to uh, put the best roster out on the court that you possibly can. And before we move on and talk more specifically about uh, the Moncton Magic, I reached out to some fans on the Moncton Magic fan page on Facebook today and got a little input there. We'll get to that in a minute, as well as take a look ahead to your weekend matchups at home against the St. John Riptide and those Island Storm once again. But I want to ask you specifically about the St. John's Edge. And from that perspective, you want your team to do well, you want your home side to get a good crowd, but... The, the overall health of the league, it's important to have solid franchises around the league with good fan bases. And I know that you would put out a comment on social media about that home opener in St. John's the other night. But just your uh, early impressions on how that team is being received in St. John's and, and how you see that helping to solidify this league with what's going on in St. John's. Uh, they've, they've been extremely impressive uh, on the court and, and off the court. Uh, as far as, you know, their game day atmosphere, their game day entertainment. Um, you know, they have a, they have a good coach over there and coach Dunlap and, and obviously some, some very talented Canadian players and Alex Johnson and Carl English and Granny Glaze. So, you know, you, you kind of look at that, uh, expansion team and you say, wow, you know, they've got off to a great start. You know, they're doing things right. And, and that can only really help this league moving forward. Um, you know, Granny Glaze right now is, is, is spending some time with the national team and, and we all know Carl English has, has been there for a long time. So I think that helps build the reputation uh, of the NBL Canada that, you know, some of the country's best players are playing in this league and, and playing well in this league. Um, you know, and then to see them bring in what was probably close to 8,000, 8,000 fans uh, on back-to-back nights in total. I mean, really impressive. So I, I thought it was great. Um, I'm sure they're going to have another big crowd over there tonight uh, when when London comes into town. So, uh, no, I think it's great for the NBL, and and, uh, certainly kudos to the St. John's Edge. Well, certainly exciting times around the NBL. And uh, being a Newfoundlander, originally from St. John's, I kind of had to work that question in, Coach. (laughs) Yeah, I expected it, Scott. I I certainly did. But you know what? Hey, you should be proud. That's, uh, you know, that looks to be a, a very good organization over there. But let's not make any mistake. I am magic, black and white through and through. <laughs> well, that's nice to hear. Now, I did, as mentioned, I did put out a comment uh, on the Moncton Magic fan page. Um, and a couple of ones that I'll include here. Uh, they, I asked them to put a comment about a player that they'd like me to ask you about on the podcast this afternoon. So first up, we've got uh, Marlene Robertson. And uh, her simple comment was, double A. So, I mean, we know about what Anthony Anderson brings. We know the accolades that he has. But, you know, and we've talked about him before, but you've had a good chance now through five games to see what he brings to the team. Maybe just a comment about Anthony Anderson and just how nice it is to be coaching him from the sideline of his team rather than from the opposing bench. Yeah, I, and I did that for a long time, right? I, uh, seven, eight years uh, coaching against Anthony Anderson. You know, he's always something that every team kind of has to, to base their whole game plan around. Um, you know, he was a he was a franchise player in, in St. John, and, and he's you know still one of the best offensive players in this league without question. So it's great to have him. Uh, I made the comment, you know, coming out of training camp. You know, I always knew how good Double A was, uh, but I. I I really had no idea how smart of a basketball player he was and really what his basketball IQ was 
until I had the opportunity to have him in practice and, um, you know, see how he sees the game and, and how vocal he is with, with teammates. And, um, you know, so it's been a pleasure. And, you know, I mean, I actually just met with, with Double A yesterday, uh, one-on-one for a while, and we had a, a nice conversation. And I think, I think Double A's kind of been feeling things out a little bit. Uh, this is a new offensive scheme that he's running over here this year, and I think he's kind of been not passive, but but certainly not as aggressive as, as he normally has been offensively in years past because he's trying to find his way where where he can get his shots and, and where he should be looking for his shots. And I think he also wanted to come in here and, and get a lot of other players involved. You know, we have some some other very talented offensive players. Uh, but we chatted yesterday and just said, hey, you know, it's you know we we, we brought. Double A in here to be Double A, and and you know I'd like to see him be a little more aggressive out there offensively, and uh, you know we'd like to see his shot attempts per game go up, you know by at least four or five six shots per game, and um, you know so I, I expect him to um, you know react to that conversation and uh, and you know look to be a little more aggressive offensively moving forward. Well, no question, uh, he's a veteran, and. Uh you know that he's only going to get more comfortable and get better as the season goes along. So thanks for that, Marlene Robertson. And uh, another one that we'll include here came from Maureen McIntosh. Uh, she wanted to know specifically your thoughts on Marquise Clayton's contribution as a rookie, and then she kind of followed it up by saying, in fact, how all of the rookies have impacted the Magic through the first five games. Yeah, um, so Marquise, you know, like I said, I, he showed me confidence right out of training camp uh, that I could put the basketball in his hands, and and uh, he wasn't going to be rattled, you know, playing against a higher level of competition. And there's no question he can play in this, this league. Um, so he's been seeing a little bit more time than, than the other rookies on the team. You know, but he's also, there's going to be an adjustment period with Marquise. Um, you know, he's struggled a little bit lately turning the basketball over. You know, it's something that, that he knows he needs to improve on. And it's something I'm fully confident that he will uh, just with more time played and, and as the season goes on. Because there's a huge jump, you know, from, from the AUS to the NBL Canada. And, you know, you're, you're going from playing 18- and 19-year-old college players to, you know, 30-year-old grown men who have played for a long time at this level. So uh, Marquise is coming along. You know, again, I, I have all the confidence in the world in that kid. He's a, he's a tough kid. He's a competitor. Um, you know, but he understands the things that he needs to continue to improve on. And, um, you know, I expect him to do that. As far as the other rookies go, you know, Denzel and, and uh, Ashanti and, and Kevin Farrell-Thomas, you know, the best thing about them right now is they've accepted their role. Uh, they understand that, you know, playing time could be limited early on here in the season while they continue to kind of get their feet wet and, and fuel this league out. And the best thing they've done is, is remain extremely positive about that, you know, and, and they, they practice just as hard as anybody and, and practice every day, and they really try to push, you know, our starters and our veteran players um, – you know, to be better, and, and in turn, that's improving their game. So they've just had great attitudes. Um, they're, they're, they're great guys, and, you know, they're fully on board with accepting their role and, and doing whatever they can do to help help the Magic win games. So uh, I've been very pleased with all four of them. And, you know, mentioning players doing whatever it takes to improve, you know, you talked about the rookies. A number of these veterans, and you know, you don't want to single out any one guy because there's a lot of guys, or the whole team is is rowing the boat the same way. But a number of the guys I follow on social media, and one in particular, just because of some of the uh, posts that he puts on Instagram, Corey Almond uh, saw a post from him today. He was at Shot Lab putting up hundreds of shots, and you know, I'm summarizing here, but the basis of his post was, "Hey, 
we're a work in progress. We're not happy with the game the other night, and we're out here to get better. Maybe just to comment on a couple of guys. First of all, first of all, Corey Allman, who I've seen him a couple of times in the early stages of this season where he gets hot and you give him the ball almost anywhere on the perimeter and he's going to drain the shot. But maybe just a couple of comments on Corey. Corey's just uh, he's a, a true professional, um, you know, playing the game of basketball. And, you know, when he has an off-shooting night, I mean, he didn't shoot it well over, the, over uh, on the islands um, a couple of days ago, and he knows that. And, you know, he was back in the gym, you know, the next two days. I mean, Corey probably – he probably shoots anywhere from, I'd say, a thousand to fifteen hundred shots per week outside of practice. You know, on his own time, uh, and that's just habit for him, and that's just work ethic, and and that's why he is the shooter that he is today. And he was a you know a big reason why we wanted to sign Corey this year was because we knew his work ethic, and and I, I felt that that could be contagious on this team. So um, yeah, he's a he's he's a worker and uh, he's a true veteran guy, and uh, you know Corey wants to be more consistent out there and. You know, as I want our whole team to play more consistent, and Corey's a part of that. So, um, yeah, no, he's uh, he's just putting in his, his normal <laughs> weekly hours. And uh, the last guy before we move on and get this wrapped up, but what can you say that hasn't already been said so far about the leadership of Lucky 13, I call him, Terry Thomas, uh, leading the team in scoring 23.8 a game, averaging almost 37 minutes a night, uh, you know, you you know what you have with Terry, but uh, how much of an extra pleasant surprise has he been through the first five games? Well, it's certainly been pleasant. I, I don't really consider it a big surprise. Uh, Terry, to me, over the last two years, I've, I've seen him just continue to grow and grow and grow as a player, and, and you know, he, he's really improved his perimeter shooting, which just makes him that much more dangerous. You know, the way that he can get to the rim and finish, and um, you know, he, he's been scoring the basketball, and, and um, you know, we expected that of him this year. So, I mean, he, he's he's doing his job. He's playing his role. Um, you know, he's another guy that, that we want to see him be more consistent, you know, with with his decision-making and shot selection and, and those type things. And that's all part of that, that whole team work in progress, you know. But Terry's gotten off to a great start this year. Um, you know, he plays so hard. He plays a lot of minutes. You know, we certainly want to try to keep him healthy and um, – you know, but no, he's been uh, he's been really good for us so far this season. Uh, I commented in the broadcast the other day, you know, based on that hard nose play, and he just he, he basically has one gear, and I think it's fifth or maybe even who knows even higher. But he almost has a football mentality. I I, I think uh, I I joke, but it's almost sometimes he gets the ball in his hands and he treats the rest of his teammates on the floor like the offensive line, and he's trying to find an opening to run the ball. How much does his energy seep through the team? I mean, Terry's always been the guy when you when you talk about, you know, leadership. Uh, Terry is more lead by example, you know, rather than, than vocal. He's not an overly vocal guy. Uh, it's just not in his, his kind of makeup, his personality. Um, but, you know, when he gets down and, and defends and puts a lot of pressure on the ball, you know, other guys see that. And, and again, that's another contagious thing. So, no, his energy certainly, you know, kind of flows throughout the team. Um, and, and Terry still, I, I still don't think has reached his full potential. You know, I'm, I'm hoping he's going to be peaking, you know, right, you know, midway towards three quarters of the way through the end of the season. And, uh, that's really what he did last year. So, um, no, Terry's just, you know, he's one of the best players in this league and, and he's kind of proving that on a, on a nightly basis. Well, him getting better, great for the magic. And that could be certainly scary for the rest of the league. So let's move ahead, coach. 
couple of big matchups coming this weekend, a Friday and Saturday night, 7 p.m. starts both. First up on Friday night, your first look in the regular season uh, season to take on the currently undefeated team from St. John's. So it's the Battle of New Brunswick, so to speak. Uh, your thoughts on right now a St. John Riptide team that really seems to be rolling. What do you expect from them? Uh, I expect our, our toughest game of the year so far. You know, no, no question about it. Um, I think Coach Taroba has been really impressive in his start of the season over there. You know, they, they run a lot of good stuff. Um, they have the right personnel for, for what he likes to run. You know, Gabe Freeman has been playing possessed here these first three games. You know, I think they've, they've had a, a, a pretty decent schedule, and, and you know, they've, they've only played three games so far. And to me, that's enough to, to be on the same page or at least begin to be on the same page. Um, you know, would also be, be fairly well rested. You know, I think we're their next game there on uh, on Friday night. So it's going to be a heck of a game. Uh, they have a lot of new talent, new faces to the league. You know, Malcolm Miller has, has been has been very good for them to start. So uh, we're going to have our hands full, you know, and, and we have to play better than what we have the previous two or three games, and we all understand that. Um, so, you know, hopefully it's going to be a great game. And I know when you look up and down that lineup, you're absolutely right about Gabe Freeman. Uh, but, you know, when you're game planning, how much game planning is put into stopping those one or two guys? Or do you really kind of put together more of a attack-the-whole-team kind of game plan? No, I mean, you'll, you'll definitely spend more time on on Gabe Freeman and, and on containing, you know, Horace Wormley because he opens so much up uh, for other guys with penetration. And, um, you know, but then you have to be rock-solid on your, your normal defensive concepts. You know, you, you feel that if you can you know, try to game plan a little more for their top one, two, three players, you know, you're really going to rely on, on being solid defensively everywhere else, you know, team defense to try to contain the rest of that team. So uh, they're a tough team. They have, they, have, they have multiple scores on it. They have good size up front. They got guys that can shoot the three. So, um, no, it's going to be a tough game for us. And uh, I think it's one we can win for sure, you know, if we come out and, and play well. Um, which, you know, I expect us to, to come out and certainly have a better effort than we did uh, our last game out. Definitely encourage fans to get out to the Coliseum in Moncton on Friday night. It's a great atmosphere at the Coliseum. The organization doing a great job of uh, having a really great fa- fa- excuse me, family fan experience. So, again, 7 o'clock Atlantic time. And I know you don't like to look past your most uh, recent game that's coming, but maybe quickly... Just touch on the rematch with the Island Storm, a chance to revenge, or avenge, I should say, that buzzer beater lost the other night. Um, what are a couple of takeaways, other than what you've talked about, from that game that you're going to really want to implement to see a different result on Saturday night when you play the Storm? Well, I, I don't think a whole lot of it has to do with, with the Storm. You know, again, I thought we did a, a decent enough job holding them to less than 90 points. Um, to, to win win a game, so it's really the focus is on us and and, and again taking care of the basketball, um, you know, executing better offensively um, and and not just going out there and, and we look like a men's rec league team, you know, out there the other night on the island. So, you know, having a bit more discipline and focus on the offensive end as to where we should be getting our shots and, and who we want taking those shots, that will be a big point of emphasis. Uh, you know, the storm they showed some pressure last game. You know, I think they, they turned up their intensity defensively, which, which also took us out of rhythm offensively a little bit. So, you know, trying to prepare for that as well will be something we'll talk about briefly this week. But it's tough on the back-to-back, right? we got to be preparing for uh, 
Friday night and and then um, spending some time Saturday focusing on the storm before before tip off. Well, it's going to be a great weekend at the Moncton Coliseum, Coach. We're looking forward to it. We're excited to get the fans out into the Coliseum and also to have the broadcast on NBL Canada Live. And fans, get out and check out the Moncton Magic Friday and Saturday because after Saturday's game, the first long NBL road trip for the Moncton Magic, they will be hitting up Halifax on the 14th, St. John on the 17th, Cape Breton on the 20th, and then back over on the island for Boxing Day. They won't be back at home until the 29th of December. So, Coach, got to make hay while the sun shines. Fans, got to get out and check you out this weekend because uh, you guys got a long road trip after this. Yeah, we, we, we definitely do. And, 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 you know, we knew that when we first saw the schedule, December was going to be a tough month. Uh, so, you know, getting these two home games and certainly having fans come out and and, uh, and, and check out the, the new product, the new team. Uh, I mean, the, the Coliseum looks different. You know, everything is, is kind of different about it this season. I think it'd be great for them to come out and, and check it out this weekend. And, uh, you know, we got to take care of home court. you got to protect home court here and, and come out with a couple wins before we hit this, uh, this road trip. Well, Coach, listen, we certainly look forward to seeing you this Friday and Saturday. And, again, thank you so much for being accessible and taking time to do the Magic Time podcast. Uh, I know the fans appreciate it, and I do as well. No problem. Anytime, Scott. Have a great one. We'll see you on Friday, Coach. All right. Take care. That's Coach Joe Salerno of the Moncton Magic. Again, his team, a couple of big, important weekend games, Friday night at 7 p.m. at the Moncton Coliseum against the St. John Riptide, and then right back at it Saturday night, a rematch of sorts against the Island Storm. So, again, check out the Moncton Magic online, monctonmagic.ca, as well as the NBL Canada website for schedules, stats, lots of information, videos, and more. Until next time, my friends, I'm Scott Squires, and this has been the Magic Time Podcast. It's the Firm Foundation Media Podcast.